In 2 Kings chapter 8, beginning with verse 1, we're going to read verses 1 through 6. And, and we read this last week, and we're going to give part 2 of what we started last week. It says in verse 1, Then Elisha spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise and go, you and your household, and stay wherever you can. For the Lord has called for a famine, and furthermore, it will come upon the land for seven years. So the woman arose and did according to the, the saying of the man of God, and she went with her household and dwelt in the land of the Philistines seven years. And it came to pass at the end of seven years that the woman returned from the land of the Philistines, and she went to make an appeal to the king for her house and for her land. And then the king talked with Gehazi. Some people pronounce that Gehazi, but we're going to go with Gehazi. The servant of the man of God saying, tell me, please, all the great things Elisha has done. Now it happened as he was telling the king how he had restored the dead to life. But there was a woman whose son he had restored to life, appealing to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, my Lord, O king powerful moment here. This is the woman, and this is her son whom Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed a servant officer for her, saying, now notice what it says here, restore all that was hers. And, so there's something beyond the all, restore all and. So restoration always has to do with all and. It's not just all, but it's and. We're getting the definition of restoration right here, and we're going to give you more to you in, the, in just a moment. But notice in this story, you'll see the definition of restoration. Restore all that was hers and all the proceeds of the field from the day that she left the land until now. Let me read that verse out of the message translation. Make sure she gets everything back that's hers. Plus. So it's not just everything. It's plus. It's, it's everything plus. It's all and. It's everything plus. All profits from the farm from the time she left until now. And then Job chapter 8, verse 7. Even though you're not much right now. Come on, somebody tap your neighbor there in Salinas here in Clovis. Somebody tap your neighbor right, right, right next to you. Say, even though you're not much right now. You'll end up better, better than ever. Somebody shout, better than ever. So, Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for all those that are in this moment. God, I pray you would fit me on like a glove. You think through my mind, speak through my vocal cords, all of you, none of me. God, I pray the assignment from heaven. God will be delivered, will go unhindered by any satanic force. God, all of us that are in this moment right now might receive from heaven our marching orders for 2023 and beyond. Give us laser-like focus. May we not be distracted by anything, God. I pray, God, for these next few moments that we would, we would fear them and reverence them and Respect them and honor them. And we're asking you, oh God, speak to us. Speak to us, Lord. And we're asking that you would confirm your word. 
with signs following. Praying for signs, wonders, and miracles to manifest in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. As we begin today, I want to begin by giving a little bit of review and begin to lay the foundation and hopefully uh, get to where I, I believe we're supposed to go. But as we start today, I want to again ask you the question. The question is this, can it get better? Now, I really don't want you to answer that as much as I want you to think about that. Can it get better? In your life, can it get any better than it is right now? It's so important when we we ask ourselves these kinds of questions, especially with us church-going people that know how to put on the phonies Christian walk. It's so important when we ask ourselves questions like that, that we just don't immediately jump to the religious response, because we know all the answers. (laughs) Uh, Isn't it amazing our life is still messed up? I I want you to allow that question to really help locate yourself, to perhaps identify um, what you really believe about your your future. Can it get can it get better? Several weeks ago, I began to ponder that question. I began to ask myself that question, and then I started asking God. God, can it get better? Maybe it's just because I'm getting a little older now and I'm thinking more about life and trying to make your life count begin to ponder that question, can it get better? And then I begin to ask God, 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 can it get, I know the religious response, I know the answer, I know what we should say, but, but God, can we just have a talk right now? Can it, God, is this as good as it gets? And as I was asking that question, as I told you last week, up in my spirit, out of my spirit, In my heart, God got up in my business in a very powerful way and emphasized these three words. He said, not only can it get better, but, here it is, better than ever. With authority, not a voice, but on the inside of me, as I know the way God speaks to me, he says, not only can it get better, but better than ever. These are the three words that I believe God is giving the Celebration family for this upcoming year. Better than ever. These, these are words of faith. These are, these are our marching orders for 2023 and, and, and might I say beyond. What's 2024? Better than ever. What's 2024? It's better than ever. It's supposed to get better than ever. So important that I I slow down and lay this foundation to get us all on the same page, to stir our faith, 
This is not a New Year's resolution. This is not a uh, sermon series that we're starting. It's not a slogan. It's not some kind of catchphrase. This is our faith response. This is our answer to the question, can it get better? Can it get better? Better than ever. So when they ask us, how are you doing? Our response is, when they ask you, when they ask you, how's life going? Our response is, when they ask you how you're feeling, how's the money doing? How's the family doing? How's the kids doing? Come on, how's your pastor doing? How's the church doing? How's our community doing? How's our city doing? Better? Somebody shout better than ever. This is our answer for everything and every area of life. Uh, Last week we gave wristbands, and many of you already have them, uh, as a trigger. We believe in doing this just to remind you. This is huge for me. I'll, I'll wear this all year long just as a trigger so that I'm being reminded of a faith response when I'm facing uh, Monday, and I'm facing Tuesday, and I'm facing Wednesday. When I'm tempted to get discouraged, I can look on my wrist and, and remind myself this is not a New Year's resolution. This is not a slogan, but this is a faith response concerning 2023. If you did not get a wristband, I believe they have more in Salinas. We do have some, some, some more, I, I believe, back at, what is it, uh, our connect point in the lobby. We, we, we'd love to give that to you. But it's just a trigger to remind you. And how many of you know we need to be reminded uh, about, about what God is speaking concerning this, this year and beyond? Uh, last weekend, we talked about the reality in connection with this, that we have a God that wants to restore. Now, now listen to this, because this is so important to this word better than ever. Um, God is a God of restoration. It's who He is. It's what He is all about. And, and this is what is really, really amazing to me, that although the English dictionary defines the word restore this way, to return back to its original condition or to repair or replace, that's not how the Bible defines the word restoration. Again, this is review here. But when the Bible defines the word restoration, it always carries the idea that what God gives back in your life is always greater and better and more. In fact, the Bible promises that when it comes back into your life, it's supposed to come back at least double or twice as much and even up to seven times, seven times greater. It's not just all, but it's and. It's plus. Restoration defined in the Bible could be defined this way, to always make it better than it's ever been. To always make better than it's ever been. Ever, better than ever is really a definition of restoration. We could have put restoration on these wristbands because that's what better than ever really means. It means restoration. It means Bible restoration. So restoration defined in the Bible is to always make it better than it's ever been. So important that that I just really slow this down because this is going to help people. 
to really understand their God. This is where we really get confused when God speaks about restoration because restoration with God doesn't mean to replace what was. Did you hear that? Restoration with God does not mean to replace what was, but to make it better than it's ever been. Hello? Because how many of you know sometimes you can't replace some things, right? Right? Sometimes, sometimes you can't start over, but you can always start again, and it can be better, come on, than it's ever been before. So restoration is not about being the same. Hear this. It's not about being the same. This is teaching right here. But it's always about being better. Now, last week we talked about different areas in which God restores us. And I would encourage you to go back, get the, get the podcast, watch it on YouTube. But we talked about the different areas that God has promised to restore. He's, he's promised to restore our soul and our, 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 our health and He's promised to restore our wealth, and he's, he's promised to restore our years. He's promised to restore time. Isn't that powerful? I want to read this one. This is an area that God has promised to restore. It really includes every area, but Deuteronomy 30, and just review verse 2. It says, come back to God, your God, and obey him with your whole heart and soul. According to everything that I command you today, now notice this, verse 3, and God, your God, everybody shout, my God, will restore everything you have lost. I would encourage you when you see the word restore, think better than ever. So God is saying, I will restore, or I'll make better than ever, everything that you have lost. He'll have compassion on you. He'll come back and pick up the pieces from all the places where you were scattered. Powerful, powerful truth. God has promised to make your life better than area, better than ever in every area of life. But notice again, you have your part to play. You have to turn your heart towards God. You have to get interested in the things that God is interested in. When you begin to care about what God cares about, then God begins to restore your life in every area. I should get a big amen right there. So I've come to shout out loud today, there is nothing the enemy has taken from you that God can't restore. What has been lost, God wants to show up and make it better than ever before. Amen? Now before we we talk about the story that we just, we read in the opening text, I want to make this statement. This is new material now, part two. When it comes to restoration, the problem is so many people tolerate what is instead of fighting for what God has promised. This is key. Here lies the problem with so many church-going people when it comes to God making their lives better than ever. The problem is we have a tendency to tolerate what is instead of fight for what God has promised. Why is this important? You see, a major key to Bible restoration is this. This is where we're going today. For restoration to get in your life, restoration has to get in your mouth. 
for restoration to get in your life, restoration has to get in your mouth. It's not enough to have a wristband. What's on your wristband has to get in. Come on, I need somebody to shout yes, somebody to give an amen right there. Let, let me show you this. This is powerful. This is what God says concerning his people through the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 42, verse 22. Notice what it says. Look at God's people. Others have defeated them and have stolen from them. The young men are afraid. They are looked, they are, excuse me, they are locked in prisons. People have taken advantage of them, and there is no one per, to protect them. This is a bad, bad condition of God's people. Notice it goes on to say, others take their money, and there is no one saying, notice here, and there is no one saying, give it back. The New King James Version says, and no one says, restore. I need you to understand what's going on in this passage. God's people have been robbed. They've been taken advantage of. They have been imprisoned. Everything that they have has been plundered, and everything that they have has been taken. And you know what God's response to the condition of his own people, he, to, to the devastation, to the to the tragedies in their life. God's response to his people is why in the, I want to cuss right here. I'm sorry, I just want to cuss just for impact. But we have the Salinas family watching, so I'm going to be on my best behavior. What in the heck are my people doing, right? God is saying, to the, why in the world isn't anybody opening their mouth and shouting, give it, oh my, 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 my. Why isn't anybody saying restoration? Why isn't anybody saying better than ever? Why isn't anybody saying, give my stuff back? It's almost as if God is saying, don't you know I can give it all back, plus, better, more. The reason why they didn't have restoration in their life is because they didn't have restoration in their mouth. If we're going to see restoration in our life this year, we got to get restoration. We got to get the crap out of our mouth and get the rest. Oh, see, I'm sorry. See, somebody provoking me right now. I said, somebody's provoking me. That devil provoking me right now. We're getting our stuff back. Come on, we're getting our stuff. We're getting victory back in the church. We're getting healing back. We're getting deliverance back. We're getting breakthrough back. Somebody shout, I want my stuff back. Because they did not put restoration in their mouth. They lived with their calamity. The biggest problem with the church is we tolerate what is instead of fighting for what God has promised us. You know how God concludes this whole scenario with his people? He goes on to verse 23 and he says this. Will any of you pay attention to this? Will any of you listen to this? As for me and this family, we're going to pay attention to it. We're going to listen to it. Come on. Do I have anybody that says, yes, Lord? 
You see, God is looking for someone who will say enough is enough. I'm taking it back. I'm done with the struggle. I'm done with the lack. I'm done with this bad marriage. I'm done with the limitations. I'm done with the messed up kids. Come on. I'm done with the messed up money. Maybe I'm talking to the wrong crowd. Has, has the enemy stolen anything from anybody in this place? Come on, somebody needs to shout, I want my stuff back. I'm going to say it again just so we get it, so we get it. Because I think sometimes we think we come to church like this and it's all about listening to the worship. But worship was not about listening to them. It was supposed to be about you singing from the front row to the back row, lifting hands and giving God all we've got. I'm here to tell you, if you don't get it in your mouth, you won't get it in your life. If you don't get it in your mouth, you won't get it in your life. If you don't get restoration in your mouth, you will not get restoration. You've got to say, I want my stuff back. I want my joy back. I want my strength back. I want my peace back. Has the enemy stolen anything from anybody in this space today? I want my relationships back. I want my family back. I want my health back. Somebody ought to say, I want my, I want it now. Give my, give me my health back. I want my provision back. I want my favor back. Some of you need to start right here. I want my passion for life back. I want my assignment back. I want my dream back. I want my faith back. I want my expectation back. I, I just believe it's time to wake up the church and it's time to fight for our losses. It's called the good fight of faith where we believe and we declare. For faith to be faith, it has to be two places. It has to be in your heart and it has to be in your mouth. Yeah, but I don't know about all that mouth stuff. I don't know about speaking. I, I just don't think that's important. I just kind of say it like it is. And that's the reason why you have the life like it is. The Bible says, let the weak say that I am strong. It doesn't say, let the weak say I'm weak. Why? Because you're trying to change the weak. So you don't say weak, you say strong. Let the weak say I'm strong. Let the poor say I'm rich. You don't say what you have. You say what you're believing for. You say what you... Oh, my goodness. Come on. Shout it out loud. Say, I want my stuff back. Come on. Say, I want my stuff back. Better than ever. Amen. You hear that today? Fight faith. Let's, let's skip to this story before we don't have time to, to finish it. I love this story of the Shunammite woman. One of my favorite stories in, in all of the Bible. Um, we don't know much about this. this, this we, we don't even know her name. We just call her the, the Shunammite woman because she lives in a community called Shunam. Um, all we really know about her is from two different chapters. It's in 2 Kings chapter 4 and then 2 Kings, which we just read, chapter 8. That, that, that's, that's all the Bible talks about. Uh, this specific woman is in chapter 4 and chapter 8. What we do know about her life is, is this important key is that her life intersects with the life and ministry of Elisha in very crucial times in her life. Uh, what the Bible does do for us is it outlines for us in these two chapters um, the different seasons of her life and specifically how things would come into her life to attack and try to take what God had blessed her with. 
How many of you know you can be blessed and still have enemies? <laughs> How many of you know you can be blessed and still have bad days? Oh, don't be phony on me now. How many of you know you can be blessed and still face days of difficulties and trials and stuff you would rather not go through? Don't get me wrong. Listen, faith is not the absence of problems. Faith is what gets you through the problems. We're faith people, but faith does not deny the problems. It just denies the problem to stay in our life. Are you with me? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Some of you are, oh, see, you didn't even catch it. Though I, though I walk through, everybody say through. We're not stopping, we're not camping, we're not staying, we're not getting stuck, we're going through. And how do we go through? We get through by faith. So faith is not the absence of challenges in our life, right? It's what helps us get through the challenges in our life. So this lady's life was good, but also this lady's life was full of challenges. But what's amazing is in all of the challenges that she, she faced there in chapter 4 and chapter 8, she never forsakes her God, doesn't quit church. She never forsakes her God, and she always holds on and believes until restoration shows up in her life. The story kind of begins in chapter 4, and let me just kind of run through it really quick, is that this woman lives in Shunem there with her, her husband, and at this particular time, she's barren. She, she has no children, and her, her husband is actually very old, and it was through Shunem that Elisha would, would travel through, and on occasion, when he would come through their city, they would invite him in, and, and they would provide a meal for the prophet, the man of God that represented the Word of God in their day. And he would do this time after time until, until it came to, to a particular time that the woman began to talk to her husband and said, you know what, I perceive this as a real man of God, and I, I don't want him to just visit my home. We, we need to add on to our home. We need to build a room. And, and, and we don't want him just to visit. We want him to come and stay. And so her husband thought this would be a great idea. So, so, so they began to build onto their home. They made space in their life for God. They made God a priority. Oh, there's a message in that, right? They begin to add on to their life. They made priority for God. They begin to make room for God. They begin to make space for God. If you want restoration in your life, you're going to have to make room for God. You're going to have to make space for God. You're going to have to add God into your Come on. They were so in love with what God was doing that they said, we don't want him just to visit our house. We want him to stay in our house. You don't need to just visit God. Come on, you need God up in your business. You need God in your marriage. You need him in your home. You need him in, come on, you need him in your car when you go home today. And what's amazing is that after they build this room and Elisha comes and he stays in this, this room, this space that they built for him, um, that, that Elisha tells Gehazi to go tell uh, the Shunammite woman that, that she's going to have a child. Now, she doesn't ask for it. Um, she, she, she never even tells Elisha that she was, you know, believing for it, that she had prayed for it. But, but Elisha found out she was barren and he, he sends his servant to go tell 
tell the Shunammite woman that she's going to have uh, a child, that, that you've made space for me, you've made space for God, and now God's going to take that space and work a miracle in your life. Amen. Maybe I should say that again. You made space for me. You made space for God. You don't even have to ask God for it, but just because you made space for God, God is going to make space. Come on. God's going to make space for you. And God's going to fill your womb with a miracle. She never asked for this child. Hear me. But God gave her a child because God knew it was the desire of her heart. Now, now, now see, I could get stuck in this story in so many different places. But what is amazing to me is, is God never asked anything from her. And she never asked anything from God. But she made room for God. And God made room for a miracle for her. I feel my help coming in this room today. I'm here to tell somebody here today, God's getting ready to answer prayers you haven't even prayed, you haven't even asked for. Come on. Because when you make space for God, when you make God a priority, you don't have to spend your time begging God. Huh? You don't have to be asking God everything. God knows how to provide for His his kids. And how many of you know we should be doing things for God even when he doesn't ask for it? That's good. I mean, your mama's not telling you to still brush your teeth, and you're still brushing your teeth. Why do we have to tell you should be in church every week? Why do we have to keep telling you should give, you should tithe? Oh, you should love, you should forgive. Come on. Huh? We, we shouldn't have to listen. We shouldn't. God shouldn't be having to tell you every day what you should be doing. You should just be making space. He should just be a priority in your life. And if you'll make a priority with God, God will take that space and work miracles in your life. So nine months later, she has a child, the promised child. The Bible says that that, that baby became a child. And then this is where it gets crazy. The very next verse, something crazy happens. The Bible says in one verse, she has a baby, he grows up to be a child, and the very next verse says that that child was out in the field working with his father, and he has a heat stroke, and that child dies. Hmm. Now, now, what do you do with that? <laughs> as, as preachers, this is the stuff we want to avoid. I mean, I mean, the miracle comes, but then the very next verse... The child is, is dead. What do you do with that? God, 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 what's going on? This doesn't make sense. Why, God? The whys begin to kick in. God, what's up with this? I think, I think sometimes we just need to be honest. I think preachers need to be honest. I, I think we just need to be honest and tell people there's just a lot of things we don't understand. There's just a lot of things we don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why they died. I don't know why they didn't live out their full life. I don't know why that situation happened. I don't know why those circumstances, why you're facing them. I don't know why. But this is what I do know. The Bible teaches us that in the world you have an enemy. And that enemy, Satan himself, is always trying to steal, kill, and destroy. 
Satan's always fighting what God blesses you with. I'm going to say that again. Satan is always fighting what God has blessed you with. And if he can't stop it from coming into your life, he'll, he'll try to stop it from becoming something in your life. You didn't hear that. Satan, listen, it's not God. Satan, you have an adversary. Satan himself. And the Bible says he, he, he roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. What's he trying to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. And he's always trying to keep that from coming into your life. And if it ever comes into your life, he'll try to keep it from becoming something in your life. And this is what he's doing with this lady. But I like this lady. I like her faith. She takes that dead son and takes that dead body and puts him in that space, in that room, on that bed that she made for the man of God. And then she shuts the door and she goes and she's looking for Elisha, the man of God. And on her way to find Elisha, she runs into Gehazi and Gehazi looks at her and says, is everything okay? Is all well? And I like this lady's response. Her response is, it's horrible. It's the worst day of my life. Life sucks. I quit. That's not what she said. Because for restoration to be in your life, restoration's got to be in your... Come on, somebody shout today. She says this, all is well. Somebody shout, all is well. In your mess, in your struggle, in all of that hell that hell's throwing at you right now, this should be your faith response. All is well. Better, come on, it's the same thing. Better than ever. Somebody shout, all is well. Selena shout, all is well. In those messed up finances, what are we going to say? All is well. Come on, when you get that bad doctor's report, all is well. Messed up marriage. Just look at your honey and say, all is going to be okay. Messed up kids, all is well. You have to know that you serve a God of restoration. I'm trying to, I'm trying to pace myself. I don't want to get, it's, it, I could go off on all this right now. I like this woman. I like her faith. I like her faith response. It's the same faith response that God's trying to get into the family of celebration as we march into 2023. How's it going? Oh, it's, it's better than ever. Yeah, but your, your son's dead up there in the upper room that you built. No, 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 no. All is, well, I'm not denying my problems. I'm just... I'm just refusing for them to stay in my life. Uh, though I walk through the valley of the shadow, I will not get stuck. I'm going through what I'm going through. I'm going to get through what I'm going through. Elisha, Elisha's response to this woman, he responds to this woman finally by going to the child in the same room in the same space. That, he, that this woman prepared for him earlier. And the man of God brought that child back to life. Now catch this. That place 
where she made room for God not only birthed the miracle, but it was the same space that restored the miracle. If that child would not have come back to life, I'm here to tell you, God still would have made it better than ever. And that's what you need to understand. Anybody that has, that has departed from this earth, earth, you did not lose them. You will be joined together with them. Are you with me? And if you'll allow the power of restoration to come and heal that brokenness and that hurt and that pain, though you may not see the same outcome as this woman saw, I'm here to tell you, God can heal the brokenness and still make your life better. Come on, it's not the replacement. It is better. Somebody needs to catch that today. Too many people getting stuck in the journey of life because they don't understand the miracle of restoration. If you allow God, God will blow your mind. He'll surprise you and shock you and show you a life that you never even dreamed you could have. So God restores this child. Some of you think your promise is dead, those hopes are dead, those dreams are dead. But if you'll take it in that same space, that same place of trust, that, that same place of passion, take it right back there to God, you'll see God work restoration in your life. And then we come to what we read just moments earlier in chapter 8. We come to our opening text that we read in the beginning, and it's because of the Shunammites' um, connection that she had with God, that, that Elisha not only tells her about the blessings that were coming into her life, but I want you to hear it. This is so important where we're going. Just give me a few more moments here. Not only did Elisha, the man of God, tell her about the blessings that God would bring into her life, but then now he's warning her about the challenges that she's going to be experiencing in her life, what she's about to face. And Elisha tells her, and we read it, to leave her home, to leave her stuff, and go find a place to survive for seven years because there was a famine coming. Now, now famine, you could just define it this way. A famine is just a season of scarcity. It's a season of struggle. It's a, it's a season of survival. So, 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 so we need to hear that. God's not just going to communicate the blessings that are coming, but he'll help you to understand the challenges that are coming into your life. And so he warns this woman because of her fear for God about the challenges that were coming into her life. And he says, you need to get out of this place and you need to go to a place because there's a famine for the next. I know you, don't, you faith people don't like that, but there's a famine. This will help you. There's a famine for the next seven years. What does that mean? It, it's a season of survival. It's a season of scarcity. It's a season of struggle. So she leaves her homeland, and she finds a place among the Philistines, and it's in that land. Hear it for seven years. It's just all about survival. For seven years, she's just holding on. Sounds like some of our lives. For seven long years, She's just trying to make it through another day. I'm here to tell somebody today that sometimes there are some seasons that you just have to learn how to survive. 
I feel a resistance to that. You might want to learn this. There are some seasons of life that you're just not going to be able to make sense of. I don't, I don't care how big of a faith giant you are. The Bible says you only know in part. And there's some seasons in your life that God will warn you. He'll say, hey, Joseph, there's coming seven good years and there's coming seven bad years. I'm telling you so that you can prepare. He is preparing this woman for what was coming into her life. And if we'll have the same ear to hear about the blessings, we'll have the same ear to hear concerning the challenges. And when the challenges hit, we won't fall apart with the challenge. Come on, somebody. Come on, I'm helping somebody here today. What, what do you do? What do you do? Lean over to your neighbor and say, he's about done. He's about done. So please tap your neighbor and say, he's about done but the best is yet to come. What do you do? What do you do when you're in a famine for seven years? I've thought a lot about that question. God, what do I tell the people this? God, I don't even like this. I don't even want to preach this stuff. I'm a faith man. That's why I'm preaching it, because I'm a faith man, telling you how to get through the famine, telling you how to get through the struggle. God, God, God has a promise. It's called restoration. It's called better than ever. I say, Lord, Lord how do you get through the famine? How do, how do you get through seven years of famine? Here's how you get through it. Just keep marking down the days. Just keep marking down the days. Because I've come to tell somebody that that famine has an expiration date. When, when the man of God told this lady, he never, he, 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 he when he told her there'd be, there would be a famine, he told her a start time and an end time. Elisha said seven years of scarcity, seven years of struggle, seven years of survival, but in seven years, it's coming to an end. Some of you have been in a seven-year famine. Maybe not seven for you. It might be three. It might be two. It might be 40 years. I don't know what your famine has been like, but I'm here to tell you it's a seven-year famine. And I know coming into 2023, the Lord spoke very specific to me that January 1st, you tell the people that you're pastor and you tell the people that you lead that the famine has come to an end. That the famine, I don't care if yours was a seven year, a three year, a two year, a 40 year, I've come to prophesy the famine is, oh, somebody needs to hear the famine, the lack, the scarcity, the struggle is over. Somebody shout, it's over. Come on, shout it, it's over. Like you mean it, shout it's over. What do you do when you're in the midst of the famine? Keep counting the days. Because that struggle has an expiration date. It's coming to an end. I've come to declare that your famine is coming to an end. Your issue, your problem, your pain, your hopelessness, your darkness. This is more prophetic than you think. I'm not going to allow the devil to rush me. Your famine's over. I prophesy your famine. Salinas, your famine. That season of struggle. Come on, that season of survival. It has come to an end. 
your issues, your problem, your pain, your hopelessness, your darkness, your depression, all the stuff that hell has thrown at you and against you, all the stuff that went wrong can't stay wrong because it has an expiration date. Somebody needs to shout. Coming out of this, this is not the end. God will restore. I want you to say this with this powerful, powerful note I wrote down here. Say this, say all the stuff. Say it like you mean, say all the stuff that went wrong can't stay wrong. It has an expiration date. coming to an end. Man, I could pick people out of this audience. It's coming to an end. It's expired. When you met, when you marched into 2023, it's a whole new ball game. It has come to an end. The struggle is over. The famine is over. The scarcity is over. This is your year. Better than ever in Jesus' name. the difference between a sermonette and a prophecy. I've come to prophesy to somebody today. The famine is over. Come on, in those homes, in those hospital rooms, in that car, I've here come to tell you the scarcity is over. The struggle is over. The famine is over better than ever. Here's where the story ends. And here's where I'm getting ready to end. That's how I know we're almost done. The Shunammite woman goes back home and goes before the king to ask for her stuff back. Because for restoration to be in your life, restoration has to be in your. So she goes back home. She goes before the king. And she's going to ask for her stuff back. You see, in famine, she lost all of her land. She lost her home. She lost her house. She lost all of her stuff. Everything was taken from her. Somebody else now has her farm, now has her home, now has everything that she left it all, and it's all been stripped away. And so she's coming before the king, and it's at that same, oh, you've got to hear that, this today. It's at the same time that Elisha's servant, Gehazi, we've been talking about, he is talking to the king because the king wants to know about Elisha and all of the miracles that have been taking place in Israel. And Gehazi, at that moment, is telling the king about how God raised a Shunammite woman's son back from the dead. And it's at, oh, I feel God in this place. And it's at that moment, it's at that moment that the Shunammite woman comes busting through the doors to say, I want my stuff back. I want restoration. I need a life that's better than ever. It's at that moment, after seven years of famine, after seven years of scarcity, after seven years of struggle, Seven years of survival, she walks in, and Gehazi sees her about has a heart attack. I mean, his dentures fall out. And he says, oh, king, oh, king, oh, king, there is the woman. She's in the right place at the right time 
with the right people. Who am I talking about today? Who, who have I come to prophesy today? I'm here to tell you, 2023, you're going to be in the right place at the right time with the right people. Get ready. Come on, get ready. It's coming. Right people, right place, and right time. You, you know what this is? This is what the Bible would call a Kairos moment. You're getting ready to have a God appointment. That's what a Kairos moment is. I'm here to tell you, get ready January. Get ready February. Get ready March. You're getting ready to have God appointments. Woo! God appointments are in your future. Kairos moments are in your future. They're coming to you this January. They're coming to you this February. They're coming to you this March. Kairos moments, divine appointments where God is ready and willing to change your whole life. It's in that moment the king looks at the woman king says tell me about your son she goes to the whole miracle and then the king says and why are you here and she says oh king i want my stuff back why because if you want restoration in your life you got to get restoration in your mouth if you want if you want better than ever in your life you got to get it off the wristband and stick it in your mouth and start declaring it better than ever when they ask you how's it going you shout better Somebody shout yes. She says, I've lost everything. I've been in a season of scarcity, a season of struggle, a season of survival. No king, I need restoration. When she asks for restoration, the king says, give her stuff back. He appointed an assistant of the king. I want you to give her stuff back. I want you to give her land back. I want you to give her house back. I, I want you to give her all of her stuff. I need you to restore her again. But that's not restoration. For God to restore, it's got to be plus. For God to restore, it's got to be more. It's got to be greater. It's got to be bell. You got to hear this. This is worth staying for. Come on, we're in overtime, but this is where the Niners win. Come on, this is, oh, sorry, this, this, this is where the Christians win. Come on, somebody, we're winning. Come on, we're in overtime. And the king says, give her her stuff. Give her house back, give her land back, give her property back, give all of her stuff back. But then the king, oh, you got to hear it. Then the king said, whatever these past seven years would have produced on her land, you give that all back to her too. I, I need you to hear this with your ears. I'm here to tell somebody today, the beginning of 2023, when we go before our King, King Jesus, oh my, when we go before our King, King Jesus, He doesn't just give back what you've lost, but He gives back what you would have produced in all those lost 
years. I don't know if that means anything to anybody. But when you've come through a dry season of seven years, I don't know how many years it's been for you, but I need payment. I need restoration. I need something for those lost seven years in my life. And when we come back before our King, King Jesus, He doesn't just give stuff back to you, but He gives what those years would have produced in your life. What does that mean? If you messed it up in your 40s, God will give it back to you in your 50s. Oh, dear Jesus. If you messed it up in your 30s, come on, God can give it back to you in your 40s. If you messed it up in your 50s, God can give it back to you in your 60s. Come on, it's not over until God says it's over. And God says, I'll restore it all back. Stand to your feet. Nobody moving. Nobody leaving. Just stand to your feet. I got it. I got I got I just, ah. Selena, stand to your feet. If you're driving your car, stand to your feet. No, no. Our king doesn't just restore stuff. Man, I, I know, I know. It's just because I'm getting older. He restores years. He restores wasted time. Does anybody have any lost years in this room today, online? Has anybody got any lost decades? Has anybody been in a famine for seven years, three years, two years, 30 years? God says, I'm giving it all back. Here's what's remarkable about this woman. God restored this woman's womb. God restored this woman's child, this woman's land, this woman's house, this woman's stuff, this God that we serve and this king that she served restored all the lost years that she lost in the struggle in the survival. Did you know in your struggle God's going to restore it? Lady, lady, God's getting ready to restore that. He's, he's going to give you that back. The struggle, the survival, the pain, God's got repayment. God's got repayment. Oh, this next decade of your life, God has restored it. God has restored it back. No more lost years. No more wasted years. Somebody shout the famine's over. Somebody shout the struggle's over. Whatever you experience in the pain and the struggle and the survival, God says, I'm not just giving your stuff back, but I'm going to give all those years and all that time that the enemy tried to steal from you. And you're going to do more in the next few years than you did in the last 25 years. Come on, somebody shout. I got to quit. This is personal for me. I'm sorry. I've gone over time, but it's personal. I don't dare tell you how old I am, but I came into a new decade this, just a couple days ago. Yeah. When I started this church, had a vision. It's probably the only vision I ever had. I ever had. And God showed me three decades of my life. He showed me my 30s and my 40s and my 50s. And to my amazement, man, it happened like clockwork. 
30s, everything he showed me, there, there it is. There, check this out. It was almost like a, living a dream, pinching myself, saying, I can't believe I'm doing this. I, I can't believe that God's allowing me to do this. In the next decade, same thing. But then that third decade came. <laughs> and how many of you know life is not always smooth sailing? Sometimes there's some struggles. Sometimes there's some pain. Sometimes there's some disappointments. Things you did not expect show up in your life and kind of blindside you. And I have to be honest with you, there was, there was a decade that didn't go, didn't go anything like what God showed me. I said, God, I've lost those years. Wasted years. Carnage on the side. God, I'm so grateful for what you've done, but there seems to me so much more that you wanted to do and so much is lost and so much pain and so much tragedy. And God, I, I feel like I've just survived those 10 years. I, I feel like I've just struggled through those 10 years. And you know what the Lord said to me? He says, I can give those years back. He says, this decade could be about redeeming that decade. This decade could be about restoring those years that the enemy thought he was going to steal forever. I am the God of restoration, and it's going to be better. Somebody shout better. Come on, somebody shout better. I got to quit because I know Salinas, you guys are out of time. I, I, want, to, I want to stop with this. I want us to make declaration because for restoration... To get in your life, it has to be where? Three people. I, I, I sweated, I preached, wore myself out, went into overtime, and you still don't know. We'll know if you're struggling next year while you're struggling. For a restoration to get in your life, it's got to get in your what? So how are you doing, church? How's your marriage? How's single life? How's your money doing? Come on, how's your health doing? Hallelujah. Somebody shout, it's well. It's all well. It's all good. So, so this is what we're going to do just so Salinas can somehow, I think, disconnect and we can just close this thing down. I feel like we're in revival. I feel like we just ought to. I, I feel revivals here. I feel like a stirring is happening. Come on, church, get ready. God is doing something so special in our lives. But I want you to say this after me, and then we're going to go into this song, and then Selena's can, can uh, it's kind of cool. That's the reason why we're only having one service right now, so we can have these kinds of moments, go into overtime. I mean, if you know, we probably need to go more services. It's obvious we need to go more services. But I cherish these moments. I hope you online are cherishing this moment, because there's moments in your life that it's worth paying attention to, because everything in your life can shift. God says, my people have been ripped off. And for the... See, I want to cuss. Every time I come to that, I want to cuss. For the life of me, I don't know why they're not saying restore. Why they don't see me as a God that can give it all back. Plus, can I tell somebody today, your life will never be the same because of this service right here. Everything is changing. So without anybody leaving, I want to declare this and we're going to go into this song and then I'll make a formal closure, closure for this or closing for this service. Say this with me. Say, Father God, 
I believe today that the famine is over. I'm coming out of I'm coming out of scarcity. I'm coming out of struggle. I'm coming out of survival. Turn up the volume just a little bit. Today, I I come before my King, King Jesus, and I say, restore. I say, restore to my soul, to my mind, to my will, to my emotion. I say, restore to my health and my strength. I say, restore to my wealth, my resources, my finances. I say, restore to my time, my years. I say, restore to my favor. I say, restore my joy. I say, restore my dignity. Say it this way. Say, I say, restore my innocence. Say this. Say, I say, restore my innocence. I say, restore my integrity. I say, restore my honor. I say, restore my influence. I say, restore my God-given passions, my purposes. I say, restore my opportunities and my assignments. I say, restore my dreams. I say, restore my home, my family. I say, restore my relationships. I say, restoration in every area of my life. I declare, I prophesy that my life is better than ever. In Jesus' name, somebody shout, yes. It's gonna be better than. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 